And welcome to another episode of the Dynasty Trades HQ Podcast. Welcome. <laughs> My name is Michael Sipes. You can find me on Twitter at FFBlitz. And that vampire who just talked <laughs> is Jeremy Hey, Brown. yo, yo, it's your boy Madman at Dynasty Madman. <laughs> so are you a vampire or are you a 15-year-old rapper? <laughs> I'm copying off my kids, man. They're into streaming. And hey, yo, it's your boy, Madman. How you doing? Do your kids say hey, yo, when they're streaming? I don't know. They, I don't even know exactly what they do. It's like, hey, 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 it's your boy, Diamond. What the hell are you talking about? Oh, my about? God. And Shane Manila. Uh, Jack Shane is the worst. We've talked about this before. Um, you're either going to get it right or you're going to get replaced. You know? Who are you? <laughs> what? I don't know what he's saying right now. You know, I'm scary Shane. Go away, scary Shane. Bring the other guy back. I've been trying to decide if I need to keep that little click noise on the show every time Shane we throw it to Shane or not, because Shane always mutes his mic, and every time we throw it to Shane, you hear this little click, and and I edit it out sometimes, and I leave it in sometimes. Leave it in. It could be like my thing, like (laughs) I don't know. Every time, and then every time someone hears a click in real life, they'll think of me. You like know what? That's we're gonna go. We're gonna bring in Shane now. Yeah, it, it's like, uh, <laughs> yeah. What is that thing? Uh, oh God, I can't even think what it's called. When they do something and then the the animal does it just because of the noise. Pavlov's dog. <laughs> Pavlov's dog. Is that what it's called? Dog. Dog is in the name of that. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it was the Pavlov's dog's experiment where he um, would ring a bell and they'd. Uh, Basically, he would feed them. Um, um, but it was a conditioning test. But also, fun thing about that test is he cut out part of their throats, <gasps> oh, so God. the food food would fall to the floor, oh, so God. they would stay hungry. So oh, that he could keep using the same dog. I am so sorry I brought it up. You know, uh, the, the other things and more on the next Dynasty um, Trade. Also, Pavlov's dog was uh, quoted in a great. A song from Bare Naked Canadians, uh-huh. not Bare Naked Ladies, who are yeah, Canadian. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> and his greatest gift to us was uh, the Bare Naked Ladies. And he says, ring a bell, ring a bell, and I'll salivate, just like Pavlov's dog. <laughs> there you go. Oh, wait, wait, maybe, maybe I'll keep that in instead of the cutting the throat out thing. So, um, but... Uh... I mean, I try to... Um, I want to inform our listeners just on many uh, different areas. I mean, if we could just have a podcast on uh, philosophy and stuff like that, that'd be great. <laughs> you know what? I did see somebody on Twitter the other day ask, kind of similar to this, when you hear that HBO noise, that boom, what show do you immediately think of after you the hear wire. that song? Is that what your answer was, The Wire? And it makes me sad because <laughs> The Wire used to come on on uh, Sunday nights, uh-huh. I think think at 10 o'clock and as soon as it would play off with that at the end where the hbo thing would do at the end too uh-huh. i'd go shit the work week starts tomorrow <laughs> yeah man sunday nights are brutal for me it's funny my first like you answered it right away my answer right away was sopranos that for whatever reason that song just goes i've watched westworld and game of thrones and all this shit but every time i hear it i think of the sopranos sound. yeah still think of them yep yeah you know what about you jeremy do you think of that I, I don't. I didn't watch The Sopranos when it was live, but yeah, no, I don't. I The Netflix one gets me, though, every time. Oh, that boom thing. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, listen, we have a great guest today, and... Uh, I mean, you Mike don't call me a guest. I'm excited <laughs> to be here every week, you know? <laughs> uh, we know how excited you are every week to be here. But yeah, Jeremy just said who our guest is tonight. Who is it, Jeremy? Hey, it's Mike Clay, our f- our boy Mike Clay from ESPN. Awesome. So yeah, he's going to be here in a little bit. But first, before we do that, we always joke sometimes about how news breaks the day we do our show. And like a couple things happened today that happened or didn't happen. I don't even know if it really even happened. So Nothing happened yet. I know. So we're, our news is brought to you by Fantasy Data. So go over to FantasyData.com and put in the promo code TRADESHQ. And get your discount over there. And what is the news that you're talking about that did or didn't happen? Uh, I just had to sneeze out some of the COVID, apparently. <laughs> oh, um, God. Let's see. OBJ uh, is allegedly is going to be traded to the Minnesota Vikings for a second and a fifth, is the rumor going around there today, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense because Vikings just got rid of a wide receiver that um, 
I don't want, I don't want to call them a head case. That's not what the word I'm looking for. High maintenance. Yeah. Uh, so it's be a little weird to think that they'd go out and get a guy that's just as high maintenance. Um, I love both players, but you know, from their perspective, it's a weird, weird, weird fit to go out and then trade for Odell Beckham. Um, thing about it is that rumor hit sometime early this morning. It is now 9 p.m. So I'm not great with math. That's roughly 19 hours and nothing's happened yet. <laughs> no, it's. It, I'm looking at it now. It was around noon today, so it's roughly nine hours. But yeah. Shane's got a cutoff, man. If, it's, if it gets close to 24 hours, you can forget about it. I can see the Browns wanting to or talking to teams about moving Odell Beckham Jr. I don't see him going to the Minnesota Vikings. I, it just doesn't sound... It sounds like one of those things that's just a rumor. Yeah, some people think that they're that nobody's going to start the beginning of the season. You know, so yeah, man, I don't, I, I'm getting more and more worried about it all the time. I was optimistic, but I honestly wouldn't surprise me if the season's um, postponed, yeah. postponed, cut in half, something drastic. But you, you know, those old bastards don't want to lose the billions of dollars. That's yeah, you, you know, know they're going to fight for having it. You know, here in Florida, everybody was talking today about how the WWE got labeled essential personnel so that they could keep wrestling. You know, well, you know why that is. Well, yes, Linda McMahon runs a Trump super PAC. Well, but the other thing is Vince donated $18 million this week to Trump's thing. And then all of a sudden they're essential business. But did you see today they they fired like 30 people? It was was weird because they kept doing it one player, one person at a time because they were calling everybody. So it looked like an MFL league where somebody was purging their roster after the season where they just keep dropping people over and over again. It's the usual thing that rich people do, yeah. companies do, to make sure that their profit margins. This isn't just keep the business afloat. This is so their profit margins are high. Yeah. So yeah. when I, you know, tell everyone that you should go murder your masters and take their money, <laughs> this is why I mention it because of stuff like this. I so don't we need to change the name of this podcast. Off the <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. So that's, yeah. that's too deep. But and don't quick, murder anybody. Don't please. Let's go back to Odell Beckham Jr. <laughs> yes. So just looking at his his career, it's uh-huh. definitely. His, his points per game or excuse me yeah his points per game over a season seasonal average has dropped um no not really i mean he had a great <laughs> rookie season. well he had he, he you know he dropped from 24.6 in his rookie year um a couple years he was at 18.5 then he spiked again in 2018 and then it dropped to 12.6 last year but you know what else what it's also he had the second fewest touchdowns of his career he only had four touchdowns last year jeremy is that part of why you're saying you don't like to take him as high as people are taking him i'm I'm part of it you know i'm I'm not looking at last year as like that's the ceiling for odell beckham jr that's the ceiling for baker mayfield there's no way the browns offense does better than they did last year last year was awful in a lot of ways and um, you know, I don't know how much you can blame on Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, I saw him open on routes. I saw him, you know, not get the ball thrown to him. I, I saw crappy passes, you know, Baker Mayfield with defensive linemen in his face trying to throw off his back foot, some stupid prayer of a pass. Um, it was an ugly offense. It, I, you know, you kind of want to hit the reset button on it. I'm sure Odell Beckham Jr. is going to start the season off, you know, like years pass and, and, he, and he's fine. And this offense will be able to get him the ball and protect the quarterback. So I, I think last year you kind of, I would throw out the numbers last year, you know, when Odell Beckham Jr. was healthy, throw those out and look at the average without last year. That's how I would approach Odell Beckham Jr. Because mm-hmm. he's not an old guy. Yeah. And he should be able to pick up where he left off with the, you know, the average he had before that stupid last season. So, <laughs> no. I, I mean, I, I think he's worthwhile and, and sure draft him. But I, people, I think, you know, when it was going around Twitter, they, they, they see those great catches he made, you know, the, the living legend, the one-handed pass falling backwards and, you know, into the end zone, the different things he's been able to do. And it, it's crazy as hell. I mean, some amazing catches, but you know, he's got to string that together to be, you know, a guy you can count on week in and week out. And I'm just saying guys take him so high and it's really name recognition. Well, the one guy that did get traded though, Brandon Cooks, he got traded over to the Texans. Oh, hold on. I wasn't Big talking Cooks, about that. <laughs> So, uh, what do you think his ADP is right now, Odell Beckham Jr.? Let me ask you this. What would you pay for Odell Beckham Jr.? Well, I agree with Jeremy. I wouldn't pay as high as what other people pay. I'll be honest. I targeted Jarvis Landry last year, even knowing that Odell Beckham Jr. was coming to the Browns. I mean, I didn't get all crazy about about it. Um, You know, I... 
I don't know how excited I would get. I wouldn't. But, I'm not but, a guy who would trade for Odell Beckham Jr. because I think I'd have to pay too much. But he's asking what we think his ADP is. So oh, okay, like, well, let's go back to that. What's well, not too much? I don't know how much that is. Like, if I try to send that on MFL, it won't let me do that. <laughs> well, you tell us what you think. And, yeah, what do you well, think? He'd, what would you pay for him, Shane? Well, I know I had an offer last week where someone wanted two firsts, two twenty one, two twenty twenty one firsts, AJ Green, and something else. I forget something small, and I turned that down. I would turn that down too. Yeah, but <laughs> That's I would way too go, much. I would go AJ Green and a twenty twenty one first. Well, yeah, but 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 what were what was his ADP when you were saying his ADP? I I think in startups people are still drafting him high, aren't they? I, I think he's probably in the third round, but I'm going to go ahead and look at... Uh, oh, when you asked us, I thought you had it in front of you. That's why I was saying. Oh, look, it took me a minute. He is <laughs> the 24th player overall. Yeah, so that's... Oh, so the the, the end of the second round is end where he's going. second round. Yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, so the wide receiver, he's the wide receiver 10. So would you take Amari Cuprio, Amari Cooper over him? I think now I probably would in a startup. Yeah. I don't know about trades, though. Trades are different than startups. What? Okay. but And I'm using DLF's uh, ADP. Yeah. And just looking at this, uh, DeAndre Hopkins is all the way back up to number two. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Well, that goes along with what I tried to bring up a minute ago about, you know, they traded DeAndre Hopkins and then they brought, they traded for Brandon Cooks over in the Texans. So were you, were you happy with that trade? Me? Either one of you guys. I don't care. Um... I mean, I guess here's the thing. Deshaun Watson's a, a good deep thrower. And over the last two years, he was, um, I'm sorry, he was tied for seventh in attended air yards last year. Um, and he was 12th in 2018. Uh, golf was 22nd in intended air yards in last year and then 10th in 2018. The thing is, if Cooks, I don't think it's, no one's worried about the talent, even because his number, even with his numbers being bad last year no one's worried about the talent everyone's worried about the concussion yeah he's had like five of them and that's that's just kind of why i'm hands off unless i can get him really cheap um looking at the adp on dlf he's the 96th player overall um as of when as of when though that's what i'm gonna say and that doesn't fully account because it's all april mock drafts that they had six of them yeah so you know i'm sure some of those took place before he was traded there. Right. And that's a great landing yeah, spot. You know, yeah, it's and everybody loved the landing spot, you know. But he's a guy I just uh, – I'm, I'm afraid of the injuries. You know me with injuries, head injuries. I think I'd pay a, a mid to late second for him. That's about as high as I, I'm willing to go. Yeah. Yeah, I think a mid-second rounder is okay based on the production he could give you, uh, you know, 206, whatever, anything after that. And is, I think you're getting a value uh, – you're, you're winning that. Um, and, and of course, you're taking on some risk, but I mean, it's fantasy football. We always have to take on a little bit. But yeah, I think you're cushioned from the injuries, and he might deliver, you know, like a, a wide receiver or, you know, in a fringe wide receiver one again. I mean, it's possible. I don't know how long that he can sustain something like that before he gets another concussion. But I think you're, you're absolutely right with the mid round second for. Yeah. And here's the thing if you are going to buy, and I like that because it's not a lot of, um, it's not a lot of capital to give up. And it just makes me think of it. The, the player, Devontae Adams, is a much better player than Brandon Cooks, obviously. He's sure. in the running for wide receiver one every year. But he's another guy that I was frightened to hell of um, because of the concussions in 2018. And then he was fine last year. You know, he didn't have any. Um, he had some other issues, but fine since, you know, he got rocked you know, quickly in succession within a few weeks of each other. So, I mean, if, if Brooke Cooks is still young, he's only 26. If he can get a season under his belt without any concussions, then, you know, you, you could sell high or you could just uh, hold on to him knowing that you trade a, a mid-second for him. So be, it's worth it if you have a few seconds laying around. It would be interesting, too, because there's a lot of startups going on right now. It'll be interesting to see where next month's ADP lands with a full like month of ADP now with him over at the Texans, where he will rise. Because nice. it sure seems yeah, it'll like It'll be nice people. to see where Deshaun Watson's passing game uh, lands this season with the three guys he's got to throw to right now. He oh, could yeah. end up th- having with the injury history of the three guys and just the, the way you know that 
what that team has in place right now, it <laughs> they could all end up on IR. <laughs> like they could, they could. He, he's going to have some weird, funky stat lines. You already know it. He's going to have like a fifteen for thirty-five game for three hundred and eighty yards and six touchdowns or something. It's just going to be, you know what I mean? Like each guy's going to have three receptions for one hundred and eighty yards. But there's definitely. I wonder how many games you'll see him and uh, Fuller both playing. It's funny. A lot of people like got scared of him when D hop left and like his value was dropping and then they signed for cooks. And then a lot of people were like, woohoo, you know, so it will be interesting to see how it works out. You know, the other one, it's funny. We have two other things on the news and we do have Mike Clay coming in, but real quick, one of them is one of those kind of things that just happened like literally before we got started, but all these rumors and he was trending worldwide was that OJ Howard might be moving. And don't we hear this like, like every year that OJ Shane is like putting the prayer hands up in front of his face. Yeah. Shane, Shane hopes he gets traded because he knows he's not going to do anything there in Tampa Bay. You know, the Patriots tried to get him. That was rumored. Remember last year, the Patriots yeah. were trying to trade for OJ Howard and nothing ever came of that. Can you imagine if he went to the Patriots after Tom Brady has left the Patriots to come to the team he's on right now? They need some help, man. That team, you know, you heard uh, old, um, Quarterback guru Mark Schofield tell us that the Patriots were lacking in talent, man. A lot of lot of losses. So they need they definitely need some weapons there. What were you gonna say, Shane? I was just gonna say I'd love him there. I mean, his, his biggest competition would be Julian <laughs> Edelman, who you know, a fifty-four-year-old wide slot wide receiver. Yeah, he's gonna get injured, but he's no downfield threat. Nikhil Harry, who. I mean, in his limited action, really didn't look that great. But you know, he was injured last year, so I don't, I don't want to just act like he's dead. But I, even outside of that, who is there? Uh, no, there's nobody to write home about it. All the only threat, if I, if if Jared Stidham start next year and OJ Howard's <laughs> there, OJ Howard might see 130 yards. <laughs> It's going to be a long season for the Patriots. You better have a, a, an outlet like OJ Howard to throw to. Huh? It's so Are you great. OJ Howard. What? What's that? Are you buying OJ Howard? I already have O.J. Howard everywhere. You guys know that. So It's funny. That guy's become a value this season in startups because of how much, you know, another year of letdown, right? Yeah. I, you know, I don't – I think where he's going and the kinds of things I've done, even a best ball draft just recently, people are – if he – ends up being somebody that delivers some fantasy promise, he's being drafted really low. Man. He really is. Uh, this is funny. O.J. Howard went in this best ball after Jack Doyle, right? Um, Blake Jarwin and Eric Ebron and right before Dawson Knox all the way down there man all the good tight ends were already taken like two, I, got, six, seven, I eight, actually four, 16 guys so if you get him there and he goes to a team like the Patriots and he does well uh, my god man that's that's a freaking steal before Chris Sorry. Herndon Woo. So he was the tight end 17 in that um, draft. I mean, I guess I understand that. You know what I mean? It was, But it was only one bad year is the thing that I don't understand is people are acting like the guy's been a bum his whole career. He had a really good rookie season. He had a really good second season, you know, that was just hampered by injuries. Um, it was really just last year when, you know, Bruce Arians got there and decided that there's no reason yeah. to, to feature, um, you know, a massive tight end with um blazing speed why, why would we want to do that right um, <laughs> exactly but anyway i digress um yeah i mean he's still just 25 years old he's going to be what 26 at some point next year uh at tight end 17 i'll buy him over jack doyle dude I'll i think it was like tight end 20 yeah i would buy him over doyle and and all those guys too ebron yeah i like jarwin i do like jarwin but i i, I I'm I'm still taking him over Ebron, and I'm definitely taking him over Jack Doyle. We've seen what Jack Doyle sure. is like. I don't, you know, I don't need my tight end to be a consistent top twelve guy because one consistency isn't a real thing, um, as many other people have noted before. But especially the tight end position. I mean, it's touchdown boomer bust most weeks. So you know, Jack Doyle is going to score fifteen points one week and zero points the next like i'd rather yeah, and i expect philip rivers to you know use him a little bit so i'm not scared off but yeah there's no way i take him over oj howard no not in a million lifetimes not me 
you know, that's somebody else. If they want to do that, they can do that. I got him in some trade before the Tom Brady thing where it was more like yeah. a throw-in. The person just threw him in, you know? So it would be interesting. Um, we did have another player on the news, but let's bring in Mike Clay because this this other player, Joe Mixon, being a holdout, we have some trades and some things that involve Joe Mixon, so we'll talk about all that then. But in the meantime, let's... Bring in Mike Clay, which would be awesome. And while we're doing that, Shane, tell everybody how they could become patrons. Oh, yeah. You go to um, patreon.com and you type in Dynasty Trades HQ or or you go to the Twitters, um, <laughs> go to the Twitter bot on the Dynasty Trades HQ handle and there's a lovely little link there. And we just got um way to go week. We had more than a few join this week. Uh just off the top of my head, there's another Sean in there. All right. Um Alex. Um I'm too old for this. There's a Brian <laughs> that just joined. Yeah, it's getting to the point though where you know we've got like doubles and triples of people's names like in the it's a little nerve wracking because I'm like oh I gotta keep everybody straight. But yeah um <laughs> Look, you know what we do. We give you those bonus episodes every week. Um, you get the uncensored episode of, of this this show. Uh, you get written content. You get the group me chat, which is the most lively chat in the world. Say that, man. man. Filled with uh, fantasy football stalwarts, um, like our good buddy uh, Scott Connor and Outhouse and uh, <laughs> Justin. I, I don't want to put anyone down. There's just, everybody in there is just awesome. I was going to say, if you're going to start naming names, we'll be here for a while. Yeah, we'll be here all night. <laughs> you know, also, Jeremy and I actually talked about something earlier tonight before you jumped in, Shane, about how all these people are all doing these Zoom meetings and all that. And we were thinking about maybe around draft weekend time, sometime, doing some kind of Zoom chat thing with some of our patrons, which could be kind of cool. You know, yeah, for sure, man. I'd like to get a bunch of those guys on and and talk to them and record and, and actually make it our patron episode that week. So maybe I'm that idea. I've I've I haven't been with a woman in a while. I'd love to with anyone at this point. You know, nice. Oh, that's great. Okay, well, on that note, <laughs> go join become our patron. patron. Yeah, go become a patron, and we'll let you know about anything special we're gonna do. And in the meantime, let's hear. Oh man, it's so awesome. We have our great guest, Mike Clay, is here. Why is that funny, Shane? <laughs> he didn't know. We're going to have you on as the guest. Like, whoa, yeah, you're whoa, our whoa, guest today. Yeah, just, I know you didn't realize that. Okay, fine. You guys want to make fun, but we're already back, and we're here with our guest, which I guess you guys know. He knows he's the guest, but we're here with Mike Clay from ESPN. Thanks for joining us, Mike. Yeah, happy to be here, guys. How's it going? Great, man. Thanks for joining us today. Excited to talk to you. Yeah, it's it's yeah. so it's so weird that it's been like what maybe nine months or so since we all met in Canton last year uh, at the Midwest Expo. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know I I don't know if we're gonna be able to do that this year, right? It's just crazy time right now. We're all kind of at home working and grinding, but uh, maybe a little extra time to prep for twenty twenty. Maybe we'll all do a little bit better in, in fantasy football this year. Who knows? <laughs> Is that, are you doing everything from home, like with the ESPN and all that kind of stuff? You do everything just at home right now. Yeah, it's, it's all remote. We're getting all set up for uh, the upcoming draft. We're doing video from here. And uh, honestly, guys, this is the time where I kind of hibernate anyway, right? I go in, yeah. in, into my uh, my man cave here, and I'm doing a ton of prep for 2020. I already have a full uh, volume of projections for the entire league, offense, defense, punters, kickers, you name it. It's all out there already for pre-draft. And some people ask why I even do that. But you have to start somewhere, right? I mean, it I can't wait till after the draft to kind of start working on this stuff. It takes months to get it all ready to go, whether it's, uh, you know, again, both sides of the football, rankings, projections, depth charts, all that stuff ready, looking at salary stuff and, and dynasty, dynasty rankings. You know, it just all kind of has to come together at some point. So we're ready to go, closing in, uh, finishing up some stuff here and, and ready for the draft. That's awesome. Are you doing anything with the virtual rookie draft next week? Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, certainly on the analysis side, yeah, I do the live, uh, the live fantasy reaction blog on the site. So I'll be doing that as the picks come in. I'll be, uh, I'll be pumping out live projections and analysis right on ESPN.com and Twitter. It's I'll interesting what you said about projections though. Uh, that, that got us fired up because we talked right before the show and we realized the questions that we had from our listeners 
that we maybe needed to talk to you about something else instead, right, Mike? Well, yeah, one of the things we were looking at, um, on your biography over at ESPN, you, it mentions how you were like the creator of a lot of these really advanced metrics and uh, statistics and data that people are using in fantasy now. And one of them I saw was the A dot, which is one of Shane's favorite statistics. Shane's shaking his head. He uses that all the time in player comparison. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was just fortunate to be in the right place at the right time uh, in the early days of uh, football focus. So um, they were charting the games, uh, all of them, and and no one else really had that. I had access to all this data. And, you know, look, I'm not the smartest guy uh, by any means, but um, I had all the information and I was trying to process it. They weren't really doing that at that time on the NFL side. They were just collecting it. So I was lucky. I started processing that and came up with all kinds of new things. I mean, 10 years ago, uh, if you were in, you know, social media on fantasy Twitter or wherever it was reading content, you never have your routes referenced. I mean, that's, that's just common. Now you can't really do analysis without talking about snaps and routes. And yet a decade ago, that wasn't there. So I used to get that data on Monday and I would just start typing up snap counts and route counts and just putting them on social and, and PFF then I got, I got kind of slapped on the wrist a little bit for doing that, but I, it's like, you have to get it out there, right? That information is so important and game changing. And now uh, you see a decade later that it's all over. So um, for, for fantasy football in general, but us in dynasty, we just eat that stuff up. Any metrics we can get our hands on to separate us from our competition and just, you know, help us in our rookie drafts that are, and we're all excited about that next week to see where these players go. But um, yeah, that's, that's, we love to talk to people about metrics. You know, Shane, Shane's not a big fan of IDP, but I know that you speak about IDP too. But I think one of the ones that says here you created the wide receiver versus cornerback matchups. I use that statistic all the time. I use that information all the time in my in my rankings of wide receivers and stuff. Yeah, same thing. Again, just have information and who was covering who and figured, you know, this is this is incredibly helpful for me. So let's let's create a chart. Let's create content. Uh, that uses it. So uh, again, just just fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. And I'm glad it's taken off the way it, it has. I mean, I did that article, I think, for one year, and then it was everywhere the year after <laughs> people just picked it up and ran with it. So um, it's just awesome that it, w- what I really love now is I can kind of settle back a little bit because people way smarter than me industry and able to process station at a way higher level way with takeaways we can use to make better decisions i'm just uh, glad it's in their hands now and i can kind of read their work and 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 we all become smarter (laughs) you know i like oh i'm sorry i was just gonna cut in here michael but um so what i like about adot is that it's predictable um it's prediction what what were people using as for wide receivers before adot where they just uh i think this guy's the best so this is why i'm going to draft them yeah, it's funny you ask that because I think in the first sentence of the introduction article uh, to that, which I actually won a WA award, that was such a, a new concept at the time. The, I think the first sentence mentions that, you know, people are using yards per reception to kind of determine how guys are utilized. And um, I mean, to pick from that, right? I mean, if a guy's wife is not, you know, he's probably a slot guy, a short area guy. Um, like an Edelman or, you know, Welker, Austin Colley, something like that. Whereas if it's nice, it's probably like Tyrell Williams or Malcolm Floyd or Deshaun Jackson, you know that they're a vertical speed guy. Um, But the problem is you're use by just utilizing YPR, you're distorting your, it's, it's distorted based on maybe one long play. So just like yards per per reception can be inconsistent. Um, Like Clay's internet can be inconsistent (laughs) too sometimes. And Mike, I know we wanted to ask, Mike about his, uh, I mean, Sipes, <laughs> Blitz, we wanted to ask Mike Clay about um, his projections, his dynasty rankings, yeah, so go which ahead. are you know, hugely useful to us, you know, in dynasty football. And, and maybe what kind of metrics um, or what Mike looks at when he's doing his projections and rankings for dynasty, um, what metrics are most important? And obviously, we're, we're probably going to be talking about ADOT, but I'm just curious how you, Mike, throw those um, things in as, um, you know, solid metrics when you do your projections yeah i mean i'll be totally honest with that a lot more subjective right i mean i, I think with projections for be more objective and utilize you know things like uh you know your anticipated a dot yard metric yards per carry all that kind of uh, stuff gets baked into that whereas 
with Dynasty, you have to be a little bit more reasonable and think forward to a few years, right? Uh, just because you think a guy might not have the greatest season and, you know, think about think about uh, maybe Keenan Allen or Mike Williams. Not a great quarterback situation this year, and maybe you have to dock them for that. But that doesn't mean that they're a good, uh, still a good Dynasty asset over the next three or four seasons. So I don't, I don't go heavy on metrics. I mean, I look at things like age, uh, projected years left in the league, draft pedigree, the, those things are what's really important and obviously their upcoming their short-term value this season is a huge variable that's that's the most important variable but there are other things as well like uh like age and experience that matter too but for you personally do you do you play more fantasy dynasty dfs or or none of the above or do you just analyze it Oh, Dynasty is my favorite by far. I love my Dynasty leagues more than anything. I like being able to draft a guy or acquire a guy and know that you have him for the long term. There's no greater feeling than like (laughs) going in the last season with, uh, you know, a Juju Smith shoes or or once Chris Godwin and you have him on your team or, you know, uh, no having a, I I know you guys want to ask this question (laughs) a little bit, but you know, a guy who is one of your favorite sleepers that pans out, you know, a couple of years ago, Carson drafted him everywhere. I love during draft season. And then he pans out on every, I mean, DJ Chark is the guy with something going on. I loved him last season. Why was there no second round pick with that speed combo entering his second season to start for the Jags? I mean, and he was free, you know, he was free and everywhere. He was the late flyer and dynasty startups in season long. He was undrafted. You know, guys like that, hitting on them and knowing you have them for the, uh, a long time. A.J. Brown's another guy I liked a lot. You know, just having those guys, what what better feeling knowing that they're not going for the next, you know, some some guys for the next decade. Was there something in particular about D.J. Chark that caught your eye before the season um, that made you think that he was going to hit? Yeah, I mean, uh, really nothing other than I just laid out. I mean, it was pedigree, A2 pick. Uh, he didn't play much. He buried in his first season. Knew he was positioned to play as essentially their top perimeter wide receiver in that Jags offense. And again, he had the size speed combo, right? The guy can run a four three at that size. I mean, there was so much to like. And again, if he was going in the sixth round of drafts or eighth round of drafts, maybe he's not as appealing. But the fact that he was so incredibly cheap with that pedigree, I mean, it, it was a no brainer just to throw him on the end of your bench. In fact, on fantasy football now before week one, I was asked the question, who's the guy that's going undrafted in most leagues that, that people right now setting their lineups for week one on Sunday morning of week one can grab, throw on the end of the year, their bench, and it's going to pay off big. And that was my answer to Jake Sharp <laughs> for all the reasons that I just laid out. Yeah, he might have been one of the best values last year. Got him in, you know, even in redraft late. People just were sleeping on him. Like you said, you call him a sleeper. It's true. Last season they were, and he helped, um, I'm sure, win a lot of title games. You know, keeping with the theme, and, and you brought it up, um, playing dynasty and, and loving, you know, drafting the right rookies. You know, the NFL rookie draft is next week, um, you know, from Goodell's basement uh, to the rest of the world. We're going to be watching that. What with how you look at these players, are there rookies that get you excited um, in this class that you're maybe going to try to get in your drafts? Um, and could be could be sleepers, but just in general, what what players are you looking at? Do you, do you love in this class on offense? Uh, yeah, the, it's Zach Moss. A lot, of, a lot of sleepers in recent years like Jordan Howard and, and Chris Carson. Kareem Hunt was obviously a, a that, that started to build those reasons. Even Montgomery was one last year. He hasn't panned out. He could turn uh, in his second season. But Moss is a, one of my favorite sleepers for sure. Um, Jed Anderson and DJ Dallas are two guys I'm keeping an eye on uh, running back. And then, man, you know, wide receiver, I don't even know if we need to talk about because there's so many you know, guys like uh, uh, Michael Pittman and Denzel Mims. You know, you're seeing them as of late. You can, you know, you go, you're going deeper to like Chase Claypool or maybe Antonio Gibson, who receiver. I mean, there's there's so many options at, at that position. Mike, do you have any any uh, opinion on Henry Ruggs? Since there's a lot of chatter about him being the first wide receiver off the board in the draft. You know what? I'll tell you what. I I'm kind of curious, and I want to look into this a little deeper. But I feel like the running four three forties or better certainly in that range have really really struggled with their ability out of the gate right you're seeing a lot doing you know i almost worry like is he gonna play in more than six games this year you know like it just feels that way with these guys as of late it's incredible if you look at the list of of these 40 
superheroes and years and how they've struggled to stay on the field. So that makes me a little nervous. And again, I don't want to make have any strong conviction there until I dive into it a little deeper. There's no doubt with success in the NFL and he is going to be a first round pick barring disaster. So, yeah, I mean, well, I, so we'll just reiterate point though, but you know, Mike was talking about durability concerns, um, you know, something that he wants to look into, but yeah, it definitely seems like John Ross, Marquise Brown, exactly. Um, you know, there were guys that were drafted, I think overdrafted in the NFL and in fantasy. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm assuming it has something to do with just their skill set of just being burners. Like, I, you know, it's not, it's not the other wide receivers that typically are going down. At least that's what it seems like. So I got to agree with Mike there. And you don't want to draft an outlier either, like based on a Tyreek Hill, because most of those guys aren't Tyreek Hill. They're most of the guys are John Ross, Marquise Brown, a combination of, of things there. They don't, hold up as well as Tyreek Hill's been able to do. You know, Mike, one last thing that we wanted to ask you about before we wrap everything up. We spoke about it at the beginning of the show because it was like big news all day today about that uh, Odell Beckham was going to be traded. And a lot of people were saying he was being traded to the Vikings. Um, do you have any idea, any opinion, any insight or anything about that? Reason to believe he's actually going to be traded. That, that report, I believe, was from a fake account. So I'm not too worried about it. Uh, we've heard... Beckham rumors all off season. Uh, it seems like a long shot. He's going to leave Cleveland. So uh, no, I'm not gonna not gonna worry about that right now. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, for some reason, people were quote tweeting or tweet retweeting a fake Wojo account, which is a basketball account. Yeah. Um, you know, from ESPN. So that's always interesting. It's not even like a good like, even if it's like a fake tags or a fake uh, Mike Clay account. Like, all right, <laughs> I can see falling for it for football, but. You're falling for a fake basketball account. I guess everybody's at home with a lot of time on their hands. I Um, guess. But, Mike, going back to the original question and then we asked you, with all of these different statistics and and metrics you created, is there anything – I know you said you could sit back and watch now, but is there anything that you would like to see become a mainstay in fantasy or dynasty, any kind of um, metric or anything that's not out there yet? Uh, That's a good question. I think probably – things like i mean first of all i want to see depth of target out there more often right uh, you do see it once in a while especially on nbc because they have the the partnership with uh pro football focus uh but you know you want to see that out there a little bit more often and uh you know i've been working with otd in recent years which shows essentially expected touchdown total i do it for ofp as well which is uh expected uh fantasy point total and it's the o is for opportunity adjusted so basically just looks at how you're being utilized you know if you're you know a target near the goal line is more valuable than a target at the 50 yard line so so splitting them up to and uh into expected fantasy point total and expected touchdowns um i think gives you a a really good idea of who's going to regress to the mean and, and who's can sustain their production so i've used those for years we post the charts at uh espn plus every single week with updates to both and uh, it's been super valuable. So finding a way to make them uh, easy to process for the mainstream is the key. Uh, you know, the stuff can be complicated, but I think it's super valuable information. Yeah, that's great. And that answer came out perfect. You didn't break up the whole time. So that was good. <laughs> yeah, it's such a good way to look at things. I mean, really uh, focusing on the, the most important catches, the most important targets. That's, that seems like really good data. I, I like that too. Cause you know, I like ADOT, I like air yards, but yeah, normalizing touchdowns is something that, that would really be awesome. If that was uh, I'm going to have to start citing that now in uh, articles that I write. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you so much for coming on with us and everything. I know we've had a little bit of technical problems here and uh, it does seem like we talked about at the beginning that we might not be seeing each other in Canton this year, but uh, hopefully everybody will be safe and we'll get to get around to doing it again next year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, same to you guys. Apologies for the uh, the internet issues. You know, what else is new up here in Connecticut? I guess, we're, you know, we're actually getting a little snow today oh. here in the middle of April. So uh, maybe that's part of the problem. But uh, anyway, I appreciate your patience, guys. Good chatting. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks for joining us, Mike. Really appreciate you. We'll see you out there. Thanks Thank a lot, you. Mike. Bye. Take care. All right. Yeah, that was really cool. He was that was it's pretty awesome to have him on as a guest. You know, we did have some trades here on the sheet that we were going to talk about. And I think we also left off. There was a piece of news that we left off too, the Joe Mixon thing about him. Joe Mixon holdout. Yeah, about him holding Based out. Based off 
a tweet that I saw online. Like, I haven't seen any of his people come out and say anything like that. I just love when these tweets come out that it's like, Joe Mixon is willing to sit out until he gets a new deal from the Bengals. Oh, it's a report. Who's the report? Is it from his cousin? Like, just... I, who can, and honestly, who cares if he's willing to hold out? We still have – what month are we in? We're in April. There's five months, even if the season were to start on time. We've got five months until the season starts. He'll it's be only back. June. He'll be back, people. Calm down. Yeah, technically everybody's holding out. Um, I did a trade in that league. I have plenty of running backs, but my best wide receiver was DJ Moore and Kenny Galladay but I have a whole bunch of running backs. Um, so he sent me this offer this morning and it was, he asked for my Joe Mixon and DJ Moore. And then he offered me Michael Thomas and Landon Collins, the safety from Washington. Boy. And it's an IDP league. And Landon Collins is the number two scoring safety in that entire league. <laughs> Shane's looking around in circles. Well, okay, so it's an IDP league. First thing, and I always have to mention this, you shouldn't be in IDP leagues, kid. Oh, right? shut up. Don't listen to Shane. IDP friends leagues are way better. Don't be in IDP leagues. Oh, my God. Um, it's so much better. So you got the wide receiver one in football, right? <laughs> uh-huh. Yes. And then, the, I don't know, what do you call him? The S2? He was the number two scoring safety in the league. And in that league, defenders score more points than offensive players. That's wrong. Isn't it? <laughs> that right? Well, and not not all, but in a top thirty-two players in the league, it's half offense, half defense. Which usually it's not that way, you know. Is Landon Collins even that good it, 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 in this league? He is thanks to John Orr. John, what it's one of John Orr's per tackle. <laughs> it's one of John Orr's. T- I'm in two different John Orr IDP leagues that are really awesome. The way he scores things, but yes. So go ahead. I'm gonna go with. I don't like it because of one of the players that you got as a defensive player. Uh-huh. Um, so you'd rather I, have Joe Mixon and DJ Moore? Yeah, I think I could I could find um, a rough approximation of landing columns scoring off the waiver wire or yeah. cheaper. For me, like I said, for me, I, it wasn't even about the landing Collins part. I have like seven running backs and I can only start four. And Is that so, trade on the sheet? Is that true? Yes, on, it's on the sheet. It? Yep. Yeah, it's on the sheet. Yep. Right there. Say it. No. Fans, if you can't say fans. Oh, my God. I'm sorry, people. People that are listening, you can't say. I was pointing. I highlighted it on the sheet for everyone. So I <laughs> and I will tell you this while Jeremy's looking at it. I just went oh, to the league. Cool. I just went to the league, and I went to the overall scoring in the league for last year. The number seven player was Michael Thomas, and the number 12 player overall was Landon Collins. Oh, well then. <laughs> yeah, I want the okay, Michael Thomas. Okay, where was DJ Moore and Joe Mixon, though? Uh, let's see here. Um, Not in the top 32. Either of them? No. What's wrong with your scoring? It's not my scoring. It's John, <laughs> it's John Orr's scoring. Yeah, so all right, so you think that, and then uh, Jeremy thinks the other way. But, you know, we, we talk about some of these trades all the time, and it really it's, it's not really about whether somebody won or lost a trade. It's just about the players that are involved and what we think about those players. Um, it's always about who won or lost a trade. For um, you, it is. But... First, you're last. <laughs> if, yeah, if you're not first, you're last. But, yeah, I mean... <laughs> Look, Michael Thomas is still going to see, you know, 160 targets, 180 targets, whatever, somewhere in that range next year. Landon Collins, uh, whatever. Um, Michael Thomas is still going to see the, the same work that he, he he's seen in the past. There's no reason. Just because Emmanuel Sanders is there, Emmanuel Sanders will probably just soak up the targets that, that Traquan Smith and other guys like him in the past have gotten. Um, Kamara's still there, Jared Cook's still there, but you know, there's enough to go around for all of them. So, I mean, Michael Thomas, obviously, he's a top five wide receiver. Um, DJ Moore is going to be a top five wide receiver, and Joe Mixon has at least two years of top 10 running back production in him. It's pretty cool because I've ended up with Michael Thomas in a lot of leagues, including a couple startup things that Jeremy and I did. We got Michael Thomas. But I am looking here. When I go to just the wide receivers, like you asked, uh, instead of where he is, Michael Thomas was number one and DJ Moore was number 13 in this league, at least. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I don't know about the top 32, but I don't know. Most trades where someone sends you Michael Thomas, you probably won. Pretty much. Um, That's what I'm trying to win today. I get it. Thomas and Collins. 
those are league winning players right now. Mixing in more, maybe as early as next year, can help a team too, and then and then on. But I mean, it's clearly to me a trade where FF Blitz wants to win straight away, and Chunk is uh, getting some younger guys and maybe a little more patient about it. Yeah. Not to say that mixing in more isn't going to help his team win, but he's given up tremendous amount of points there in in order to get mixing in more that's all i'm saying and it goes to what you said to me last last week shane you're like this team almost won and you're you're trading for teddy bridgewater you know <laughs> i did i did almost win and now i added michael thomas so i was happy about that <laughs> so there's wasn't your quarterback you're like you, you traded for teddy bridgewater is your second quarterback so you're yeah right your quarterback been great right well my second quarterback member and it's now philip rivers and uh, uh yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so we did have another joe we wow oh, jesus actually on the show sheet we actually have two more joe mixon trades oh, I, I, got all the joe I just saw all this stuff so i traded away joe mixon are you saying you traded for joe mixon in some of your trades i have one <laughs> two let's just go ahead and move these around <laughs> And we'll move some of these other trades to the patron show. Oh, okay. All right. So then, all right. Why don't you so, Why don't you move the trades that aren't involved with Joe Mixon to the patron show? And I'm after we do, it. I was going to say, after it. we do these Joe Mixon trades, going. we'll be done with the show, and then we'll do the yeah. patron show. You're so, good. So yeah. Um, who did I make this trade with? I think I made it with. Um, I'm gonna go look. What <laughs> Actually. Well, this can actually help in me titling the episode. The fact that we have three trades on the show sheet and Joe Mixon is involved in all three. Mixing it up. <laughs> hey, so, there you uh, go. <laughs> That's so, a good title. <laughs> in the Superflex Army League that I think we're all in. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're all in Yeah. Uh, myself and uh, another individual, uh, our good buddy, Super Duperflex, uh, <laughs> Bill made a trade yes. um, and this came about because while, while I was walking the other day, I just said, Hey, uh, if you're reading this tweet, you're probably in a league with me. So send me a trade offer. I saw that tweet. And yeah. then other yeah. people were saying, well, why don't you send me a trade offer? <laughs> Cause I want to, that's not how it works. I was doing stuff. I was walking and uh, reading. <laughs> and, uh, so I got like 76 trade offers. <laughs> um, this one i went ahead and accepted it right off the bat so he offered me nope nope yeah no he yeah he offered me joe mixon for noah fant in the 106 or how other people might say that he offered no never mind <laughs> so it was a 14 team super flex with a 1.5 tight end uh, premium on yes. tight ends so yeah so you gave up uh, noah fant which Again, it's a second-year tight end that may or may not be something that you can use to win, and the 106, which, what do you think you you could get in that 14-team Superflex at 106? Well, I'm going to assume Barrow and Tawatagalova are gone. Okay. I'm also going to assume, because it's a 14-team, that Herbert's gone as well. Oh, wow. In the first uh, first five picks? Yeah, because it's a 14-team. Right. Um, so that means basically he's going to have his pick. He's not going to get Jonathan Taylor. He'll be off the board. So but he'll have four. his choice between J.K. Dobbins, uh, DeAndre Swift, or Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, or... Well, there's only two spots. So if it, it's, say if it is J.K. Dobbins or DeAndre Swift. So maybe you're trading J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift, and Noah Fant for Joe Mixon. Jeremy's shaking his head up and down. What do you think, Jeremy? I, I think that this is a trade that really depends on who you have on your team now, what you're, you know, trying to do, what the points, you know, what what the scoring system is. But I personally think I would take the 106 and Noah Fant um, than Joe Mixon. But it's not something that I I could go the other way, depending on whether how much I needed a Joe Mixon, right? So I, I don't think there's a right answer. But I prefer the the Fant and 106 side, surprisingly. Um, I'm, I'm actually surprised I'm saying that, but I'm, I'm salivating over the, what I can get at the one Oh six, um, combined with Noah Fant. Um, you know, and you can have Joe Mixon and his holdout. 
See, but that's funny too because <laughs> that's what kind of goes on, especially right now. We've it's had tough, man. we've had a couple guests in the last month or so that always say, you know, don't trade your picks away right now or whatever. We are so yeah. close. Until I mean, the draft, shit, yeah. yeah te- technically, if the world was the way it should be, I'd be on a plane in six days from now going to Vegas, and unfortunately, sure. I'm not doing it. But but you're right. It would be so much fun to be like, ooh, the 106, and especially what you just said, Shane, about that so many quarterbacks can go before that but uh i I think jeremy when you say it depends on your roster pretty much every one of these trades always depend on what your roster you know this one's just that close to me yeah believe it or not i'm looking at that and not everyone's going to agree but i'm looking at that as being a thin margin between which side is the better side Mm. you know it's tight end premium so you know you're you know it's not like no offense not valuable and i have some teams where i i could use no offense and I could use what I get at the 106 and maybe want those two guys that I'm thinking I'm plugging into my starting lineup over the one guy I'm plugging in my starting lineup. If it wasn't that way, you know, you're, you're thinking, hey, Noah fan, I can plug in my starting roster. Uh, Joe Mixon, I can plug in. It, then it's not so clear. But hoping that you get the 106 to also become a starter, um, I, I think I, yeah, I marginally lean that way. But this is one of those trades where I could find myself making you know, taking either side of this. Yeah. Just depending on the situation because Joe Mixon is a hell of a running back. He's young. He's got, you know, time on his side. He catches the ball. Those are my favorite running backs. So it's not like I don't like him for fantasy. It's just uh, that other side seems to be speaking more to me. Yeah. And it's kind of like that, that trade that I did with Joe Mixon. I didn't say it, but we said it last week. That's a 14 team league also, but I have so many running backs and I can only start four. I was willing to trade away Mixon. If I didn't have so many running backs then maybe I wouldn't have made that trade. I would have made it hold on to him. So you might not get as much too, Mike. Uh, You know, Shane, Shane's given up Fant and the one Oh six for Joe Mixon, right? Maybe um, if he waits until the draft rolls around and, by some miracle, one of those quarterbacks that somebody really wants is still available at 106. It's possible to turn Noah Fan and the 106 maybe into into more. I don't know than Joe Mixon. You know, people get eager. I certainly don't think that you're wrong in trading that pick now because it, it could back these guys that say hold on to your picks until the draft. That shit backfires because other people are making deals to get those picks before the rookie draft. Absolutely, they're getting the 105 and the 107, and then they don't need your 106. The most eager guys to acquire the pick, so it can backfire. It's backfired on me before trying to sit on that shit for too long. Well, and that's why what you just said right. too, the way you said it before where you're like, oh, I'm, I'm kind of excited. We're, 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 what, seven days from the draft. So the closer you get to the draft, you're getting more and more excited about it as well, you know? Yeah, I, I am, man. And I don't have a lot of first-round picks. I've, yeah. I've traded them away in many places for, you know, veteran players. And now, yeah, I'm itching to have that 106 too. I mean, that, usually that was the Shane of old, remember? Yeah. He would trade, he would acquire picks and, you know, and juke and jive and get that. And he'd come away with so many first and second round picks. And now look at this. He's trading away 106 and Noah Fant, his favorite tight end in that in last year's class for Joe Mixon. I'm, I'm kind of surprised you did that. I also saw story for another time. But I also <laughs> saw you trade your boy Carson Wentz today. And let's hold uh, that. Now, to... It ended up being a multifaceted trade. We can maybe touch on that in the patron episode. Yeah. Patrons, you miss out on some of this good stuff. Shane traded away what I would think is his favorite quarterback on what we know is his favorite NFL football team, the Philadelphia Eagles. Four picks, and he juked and jived. He ended up coming away with what Deshaun Watson, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, that was good. and it's We're funny because I was going to see that's a patron yeah. thing. That's that's high end. Like, I absolutely, people to be like Obi Wan Kenobi. No, um, <laughs> we were going to save like, the Wentz for the Patreon. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> the only thing that's important to remember to take away from from, from any of these trades though is like you should never be beholden to any players on your roster yeah um you know because i love joe mixon but i've traded him away in two leagues this week i've traded for him in two other leagues i love noah fan but i've traded him in about six leagues this year um since the end of the season because i know people feel the way i do um that, that he's gonna he's gonna perform great next year but when I think I can get a more sure thing or he's part of a trade where I, you know, trying to grab a player, I'll definitely do it. And same thing with Carson Wentz, just no player. There's no player that's untouchable. 
It's funny, you know, uh, over time being with you guys, it used to always be, I used to always say, I want the guys that I like to watch that I want to, I want my team because I'm going to sit and watch football Sunday. With that strategy. I just oh, talked on another podcast um, about how you do that. And then like Shane was saying, that was the, that was the disparity that you do that and that's not wrong. And you, you don't really diversify players a lot. You have all, you know, a lot of the guys that you like and then guys that you don't target, you don't have, you watch them, you root for them. And then, you know, I, I want to win too, and I don't always have to have all my favorite players on my teams, but you can win, certainly win either way. Absolutely. Um, in some teams, I've done both in the same draft, come away with guys I had to have and then drafted guys just because I thought they were the best player at the time. You know, we have a lot of picks, but I like that Shane's diversifying like that. He's not just acquiring Noah Fant, just acquiring Joe Mixon. He's gotten to the point where he's willing in one league to move that player, but acquire that same player in another league. Um, in the interest of making his team the best that it can be and not just, you know, liking your players. It's almost like a metamorphosis to a, you know, high end dynasty player in a way to, to think that way about winning. Well, my point, what I, the reason, the, the reason I brought it, the, <laughs> the reason I even said what I said though, is I have been doing that more with other league. Cause now that you guys have got me into more leagues than I wanted to be in, <laughs> I've actually done that in some of these leagues where I'm getting players yeah. that I don't have on other teams. But, but my point, yeah, but my point was for my home league, which is the baby, the one that I care the most about, I still kind of focus that way with some of the players, but you know, and, and it's cool. Shane's right. Just, just trade when you want to trade. Also Shane, mm-hmm. everybody knows you, you trade sometimes just cause you want to trade, you know, you're, you're ready to do it. So I used to do this and I, I, I really don't do this anymore. So I used to go check my leagues. So right. if I got an offer, I'd be like, hmm, I think I'm light on this guy. So maybe that'll, maybe I'll go ahead and get him so that I have him in a league and, or I'm heavy with this guy. So, you know, maybe I need to move him in a league. And I think, you know, I would, that would affect my trade. Um, whereas instead of just looking at the trade in a vacuum, I hate that term we need to come up with a cooler term <laughs> but instead of just looking at that trade in the context of that league it's like oh well i need to look at it in the context of my overall uh, ownership of that player yeah so i stopped doing that now like i have no idea how many of each you know how many in each league i have i haven't looked at that at all the one all season the one thing i have done is a little bit similar to that but like uh, jeremy said he's noticed some trades that i've done if i get a guy in a league that i don't have anywhere else sometimes i go to those other leagues and try to get the guy just because i got him in the one league that i got him in you know and, well, also and- some of the players that you like you know aren't you don't um have the same affinity for them right. Todd Gurley, mike evans yep. situationally knees with the running back and so you you know now you're di- you're diversifying almost because you kind of have to yeah you're getting michael thomas instead of mike evans you're getting i don't know what running back i'm trying to think of that now devin singletary maybe let's say yeah. but you're you're going after different guys because your your hand was forced a little bit yeah i have chubb everywhere chubb right now is like a guy because i drafted you're him in a lot of leagues guys, man. yeah michael but i have chubb, chubb <laughs> i have chubb but you know what it is funny in my home league right now this is the first time uh since he's come into the league that i don't have got Gurley on my roster right now and it's kind of weird but uh so we did have one more trade here that involved joe mixon and then we're going to wrap up everything and go to the patreon show to do some of these other trades um so yeah this is yeah. a league me jeremy and you aren't invited um <laughs> uh, Holy shit. oh i'm gonna cry it's go the, ahead uh, manzel meth heads Oh, um, right now I'm already fine. I'm not in there. Go ahead. Oh, wait, I, why do I know that? Le- oh, yeah, I want it two years in a row. Oh, that, I see, maybe I'm if I was kidding, in it, maybe if I was in it, he wouldn't have won it two years in a row. This <laughs> team's good, though, man. He has a good team. I got lucky is what I got. It's a 12-team Superflex, Debbie. I think there's 38 rostered. Oh, thank Debbie God players. I'm not in that league. So, yeah, well, under 40 anyway. So 38 Debbie players? I'm glad I'm not in there. You two and IDP and Debbie. Let's let them finish. Yeah. Oh my Sorry. God. Start two tight ends. It's a 0.25 PPC, one point PPR for running back. Yeah. And start two tight ends. I said that, right? Yeah, yeah you did. Super flex. Debbie, start two tight ends. 0. 0.225. <laughs> oh crap. Wait, one more time. I'm laughing because I, Dynasty, <laughs> I was so missionary. I was like, one quarterback, nothing else. <laughs> 
yeah, because that's how they play real football. You oh don't have real god. football with two quarterbacks on the field. Why would you have two quarterbacks? Oh my god! You have premium. What is that? That's just stupid. I don't want to be two tight ends. It is funny how how much everything's evolved, but also this trade is kind of funny too. So go but ahead. It, uh, one of us gave up Joe Mixon and a 2021 fifth rounder. Uh huh. So four. Joe Mixon. For, uh-huh. <laughs> for Miles, Miles Sanders, uh, Trey Sermon, uh, Ohio State running back, uh, the Ohio State. Uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, Brashard Perryman and a 2020-507. So let me just say one thing. You said a 2021 yes. first fifth rounder, who cares? But even more so, if you're telling me people have 38 Debbie players on their wait, rosters, wait. Yeah, exactly. those fifth but round be- picks must be worthless. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's not that deep, man. I, I, we're in deeper. I think we're in deeper. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, we're. I mean that's like three rounds deep in Debbie. Oh okay, my so God, I have drafts where we go eight round, eight, ten, twelve rounds down. I mean, there's not a ton of held Debbie players or owned Debbie players, so you still get really good players in the first round. But Mike, I want you to tell. I don't. Which I was, side did Shane acquire? What did he trade away and what did he get? Tell me what you think. Okay, first of all, though, I was talking about the fifth rounds because if you're saying yeah. three rounds of Devi, then you're talking about the eighth round of a rookie draft. I don't care about the fifth round picks. Gotcha. You know, that that was my point. And then to, for me to guess this, Trey Sermon, what, what year is he in college? He will be a senior, is that yeah, right? Yeah, he's got a year at Ohio State. So he's still got another State. year, okay. Um, I, I think it used to be that I would have said right away that Shane was getting Miles Sanders because of the Eagles and all that stuff. But based yeah. on all these conversations we've had, I think Shane traded that stuff away to get Joe Mixon. Wrong! Oh, really? Yeah, that's why I asked it because I'm like, I was surprised too that this trade happened today in our league and I didn't want to spoil the fun. Oh. But I, yeah, it's surprising, right, to see what he gave away and what he acquired because he got a Debbie player, Brashad Perriman. He did get his boy, Miles Sanders, but isn't that interesting that you thought it was the other side? I did because he's been talking about Joe Mixon for days, you know? Uh, so <laughs> he's sitting there shaking his head. I know. Every trade is different. Apparently, yeah. League is its own little microcosm. It's its own oh, that's little... my thing, man. I tell people that. You know that when we try to make trades with some of these guys, and they're like, oh, man. But the market, you know, the market for Michael Thomas, no, man. The market for Michael Thomas, cha- yeah, he's great, but it changes from league to league. Yeah. It depends on what market you're talking about. It's, it's not static. Yeah. You can't just plug it in a calculator today and we make the trade on Friday. That shit changes. <laughs> so it is and, funny, uh, but so I guess – Trey Sanders should be pretty good, hopefully. Trey you know, Sermon, you mean? Trey Sermon, yeah. Trey yeah Sermon? He'll be fine as a starter at Ohio State. Yeah. yeah sure. But but okay. the thing is, the thing is, it's funny good then. Enough. My first thought was that it would be Sanders, but I convinced myself based on all the other conversations, it's the other way around. But but even with these stupid, I'm sorry, I say stupid the same way you say stupid IDP. The stupid Debbie things, you know, Trey Sanders may be good at Ohio, Ohio State, but that's not going to help my fantasy team. So, um, but hey. It's Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon, guys, yeah. Oh, so wait, so that time I said I said Trey Sanders the way he said. So all right, but yeah, Trey Sermon, you know, Trey Sermon play may be good for Ohio State, but yeah, the picks like you said are a wash. He's Shane's getting a twenty twenty fifth this year instead of the fifth he's given away, which might even be lower, and it's next year. So you just say cancel those out. He's given up Joe Mixon, but he's bringing in two running backs and a backup wide receiver. And then, you know what? I'm not so sure I want Joe Mixon over Miles Sanders, to be quite honest. I, I think if it was just Mixon for Sanders like that, that Shane might have done the right thing because we don't know. I mean, yeah. Sanders is a pretty good running back, and then he plays for the Eagles. And I just think that he kind of got the icing on the cake with Trey Sermon. Maybe he pans out to be a you know a decent running back, too, or something in the NFL. But, yeah, I was surprised. I knew he liked Sanders, but I was surprised at how this took this 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 shaped up you know it's it's interesting to me that shane pulled this off good job it's yeah, funny too because you sucked me into it too by by having shane have that whole conversation prior to it about <laughs> hey i don't care about the guys i do the trade on his own yeah, I, just, yeah. <laughs> I, I wondered if you might not know which side was his no, that's cool I especially mean, sometimes so- we know right away i i was hoping you didn't realize freebase that great name for manzel meth heads was shane's t uh Shane's oh, team name. Free base uh, is his team name? No, that's funny. It's drug addictly. Yeah, um, I get it. Johnny Mindzell. I get it. Um, I get it. Um, All right. Rest Johnny. Let's... Um, but real quick, so, you know, Miles Sanders only had six touchdowns last year on 229 touches. Uh-huh. That dude is in for some, here comes a fun word, 
positive regression. regression. Yeah, and I, I like to say positive regression, and I don't care if that makes analytical people angry because to me, you should at least tell people which way the regression's going. But yeah, he only had six touchdowns on two hundred and twenty-nine touches. Oh, okay. So I then like you to say because it, it confuses people. They're like, <laughs> you're like positive regression, and they're like, wait a second, regression is negative. You're saying positive negative. Wait, you just totally blew my mind. <laughs> well, listen, you go to accounting and it's the whole debit credit <laughs> thing, and you're like, wait. <laughs> Yeah, I learned this incorrectly my whole life. No wonder Americans can't keep our money straight. You're telling us to use the wrong terms. It would be a fun class at college to take with Shane. It'd be a class where you talk about uh, similes, metaphors, idioms, Uh, like those uh, uh, figurative language kind of classes, because you can just have a freaking blast talking to him about that shit all day. Well, you know what is funny? We're going to wrap up right now, but, but speaking of what you just said, I saw Shane write something on Twitter this week that my wife actually mentioned about, about the whole, uh, two spaces after a period thing yeah. and you were so happy about it that's a win for all of us yes <laughs> i don't edit anymore and now now it's, now they do it yeah. now they do, yeah. like, you know what really thanks <laughs> so listen two we've, spaces after a period was just two one space too many <laughs> especially on twitter when you only have a certain amount of characters so listen oh, right. we've had a big show here with mike and with all the trades and with all the news but we're still going to keep going so all of you patrons get ready we're going to do a patreon show we got a bunch of more trades including the carson wentz trade that uh Jeremy alluded to before. So go check us out on iTunes at Dynasty Trades HQ. Check us out. (laughs) Give us a rate and review. Check us out on Twitter at Dynasty Trades HQ. And uh, hey, we love you guys. We'll talk to you guys next week and uh, say goodbye, everybody. We'll see you out there. Have a good one. Yeah, bye. I'll talk to you on the other side, folks.